What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Homefield Apparel? You guys, the premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously, one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection now. Now over 20 pieces in total on their site, homefieldapparel.com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, if you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie that says Auburn Hoops. Easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code AUBURNUNDERCOVER. That's all caps, all one word. Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers, like that new Peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn Undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. An exciting update for you guys here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We are proud to partner a new partnership here on the show, New Orleans-based Prime Shrimp, Shrimp Company, to give you guys some delicious, easy-to-cook shrimp. You can get it delivered straight to your door. These guys have been peeling shrimp in New Orleans since the 40s, and they're excited to debut an exciting new product for you guys to get restaurant-quality shrimp at home. Get this under 10 minutes without any of the usual fuss of cooking. The concept is simple and easy. You guys can take the frozen pouch right out of your freezer, drop it in a pot of boiling water. You have that shrimp ready in 10 minutes. Order at primeshrimp.com. You guys can get it delivered straight to your door. And for the first week of our partnership with them, you guys can use the code Auburn247. That's all caps, all one word, Auburn247. 50% off your first purchase. Try it today. Risk-free purchase. Again, primeshrimp.com. If you guys don't love it, you get your money back. Flavors include signature seasoned French Quarter Alfredo, garlic herb butter, and guys, the Louisiana shrimp boil. I've I've had it. I cannot get enough of it. My wife really loves the French Quarter Alfredo, but I absolutely cannot get enough of the Louisiana shrimp boil. So you guys are going to love this stuff. Again, 50% off. We're going to continue on after that with them. We're going to have deals with them after that. But this week only, our first week, Auburn 24-7, all one word, all caps, Auburn 247, 50% off your first purchase. Again, that is primeshrimp.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Good to be joined today by Mr. Christian Clemente, our recruiting reporter. Um, you guys have already heard Christian on his intro podcast. It's now been a couple weeks, and so we're glad to finally have Christian on um, for some recruiting talk. It's been a busy past couple weeks for Christian. Certainly no, uh, no, no shortage of work for him um, to get started here at his new gig, but this will be something that we'll do throughout the summer and, and throughout the busy recruiting time um, once or twice a week, just catching up on on what went down. And there was a lot over the past couple of weeks. Um, you had camps and then you had I mean, Christian, how many how many official visitors were there that just left today? Uh, there were eight guys today and then you had five last weekend, I believe. And then you've got another big group coming up this next weekend. So, I mean, it really doesn't stop. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good start to June for Auburn. Of course, they are looking to improve that 2023 recruiting class, which in terms of the guys they've got on board is just fine, but it's a small class compared to uh, some of the other ones you look around the country. We'll get into that a little bit later. I, I, I definitely want your opinion on who you think could be next to pop for Auburn and kind of the direction Auburn fans should be looking. But so we'll talk about some of the official visits um, that Auburn had over the past couple days over the weekend. Then we'll get a little bit into the camps. Um, but a guy that you you wrote about today, uh, Keldrick Falk, you wrote about the you know class of 2023 being a really important position, being a pass rusher. Um, he's out of Highland home, a really highly rated guy that Auburn's been on for a while. Um, and they're looking to reel him in here down the stretch. What did you think about the visit that he had and what did he have to say afterwards? And just why is Keldrick Falk kind of been a guy that every time you talk about this 23 class, he's been someone that comes up for Auburn. Why is he so important for this class? Yeah, so I mean, you kind of touched on it. He's an edge rusher. Um, Auburn only has three of those guys on scholarship on roster right now. Four, I guess, if you want to count Joko Willis, who might be moving over to that room now. But point being, you need to get two to three, maybe even four edge guys in this class. Um, and one of the best ones is um, Keldrick Falk. So just from down the road um, at Highland Home. And this is a kid that Auburn has been recruiting for really long time now. Um, and, you know, when that whole kind of Brian Harson's saga, whatever you want to call it, happened in February. It looked like it was going to negatively affect this recruitment. It looked like Auburn had fallen out a little bit. And then he comes on a spring visit, and he's like, I think Auburn is stronger because of this. He was very impressed with the coaching staff and how everyone was working together. Um, and he's always had really, really good things to say about Auburn. Um, and that was the case again today. Um, he's a real quiet kid, really nice kid, though. Um, and you know, he was really impressed with Auburn. Um, he's coming off a Clemson official visit. He's still got Florida and Florida State remaining. Um, but those are really kind of his top four. He said they're all kind of all kind of around the same spot. I would probably lean Auburn um, in this recruitment right now, but this is probably going to be one that's going to go down to the wire um, with all four of those schools involved. You talked about Clemson there. I wanted to just hit on this um, really quickly, talking about uh, Auburn's top running back target in the class of 2023. This is something that I was at, at camp with you a couple days ago. Um, and I guess was a little bit out of it on vacation. You let me know that um, Clemson might be a bit of a thorn in Auburn's side in that regard too, maybe maybe coming up in the next few months. Yeah, so Jeremiah Cobb, um, that's a kid who's actually, he's going to be officially visiting Auburn next weekend, um, but he was at Clemson last weekend, the weekend of June 3rd, um, and that's a, you know, that's kind of a late development. It looked like it was Auburn and Tennessee, maybe with Texas kind of on the outside there for Jeremiah Cobb. Um, and now all of a sudden Clemson gets involved. So that's interesting. And I mean, we've seen what Clemson can do um, just over the past couple of weeks. D Creighton goes and visits Clemson, cancels his Auburn visit. Hunter Osborne goes and visits Clemson um, and then also visited Alabama. And then he cancels his Auburn visit. Um, so you're kind of seeing uh, Avion Terrell, another guy, goes and visits Clemson, cancels his Auburn visit. Now Creighton and Terrell are because they are now committed or Creighton will be committed very soon here. Um, and Clemson doesn't allow those official visits after they're committed. But Clemson is kind of forcing the hand of these kids. They're saying, hey, we only have so many spots. We want to fill this class, get it done right now. Um, if you want to jump on board, you got to do it right now. So we've seen them take a few Auburn targets away already. Um, but I don't think Jeremiah Cobb will be one of those guys. Um, maybe in the end he will be, but you'll you'll most likely still see Jeremiah Cobb here next weekend. And I still would probably lean on Auburn as the team to beat. Um, when it comes to Jeremiah Cobb. I did not realize 
it was that extensive with what Clemson um, was doing. But I guess that's I guess that's not specific just to Auburn. I guess, like you said, you know, that's a that's a rare rule um, for them. I don't really know if anybody else has it. You would know better than me. I don't I don't think so. It's kind of the Dabo way over there. The Dabo thing. Yeah. Same way with the transfers. I mean, they've only got one transfer. Um, they don't really lean on the portal that much. So but it, it works, whatever works for them. But um, before we move on to other guys this weekend, I just it just came to me as well. Um, another recruitment that is getting interesting, maybe because of another power program getting in on the outside, Brock Lynn. He was a guy that obviously is big on Auburn right now. Um, you talked to me a couple of days ago about just how important he is to this class because of his position and because of what the board looks like at his position at quarterback. Tell me about the Ohio State interest with Brock Lynn, whether that's something you you would be especially worried about for Auburn moving forward um, and just how important of a recruit is he um, to get in this next class? Yeah. So recruit wise, I mean, he's massive because at this point, Auburn has kind of worked its way down the quarterback board um, and Brock Glenn is kind of the last remaining major target. If you miss on Brock Glenn, you don't have a lot of, I mean, you really don't have many other options at all left at quarterback. Um, you're looking at maybe trying to make a run and flip in somebody or taking on flyer on like a really underrated three-star who doesn't have a lot of interest yet and might not be committed somewhere. So Landon Brock Glenn, a kid who's really raised up the recruiting scene over just, I mean, the past couple months, even the past month, really, um, he's jumped out to a four-star now. Landing him is extremely important, but like you just touched on, it's going to be a little bit more difficult than maybe initially anticipated. Um, he officially visited Florida State this weekend. Um, everything went really well, well there from what I've been able to gather, and he'll be at Florida um, tomorrow the 13th as well. Um, so you're looking at a couple major schools, and then obviously the Ohio State offer comes in. Now he's going to be going in to officially visit them next weekend, which is probably not what Auburn would have liked to have heard. They probably would have preferred, you know, oh, he gets an offer, but he can't quite work it into his schedule. Well, he's going to work it into his schedule. It's Ohio State. You kind of expected that to be the case. Um, but Ohio State is going after two different quarterbacks in this class. They're going after Brock Glenn and then the Baylor commit, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, and both of those guys are going to be going in for officials. The one kind of key note to look at is Ohio State as the number one quarterback in the 2024 class already committed. Um, and you obviously have C.J. Stroud on roster for this year. So, or uh, no, he'd be going into the draft after next year. But either way, you have a good quarterback situation um, at Ohio State. So all in all, I still am leaning on Auburn um, in this recruitment, picking them. Um, I think a lot of that is the relationships. He really hit on that heavily, how relationships are a big deal to him. And for him, you know, Auburn's been recruiting him probably the longest out of these schools, uh, maybe TCU a little bit longer, but Auburn's really been there kind of from the get-go since before he really started to rise up a little bit. That kind of means a lot to him. Obviously, he is named after the school, Auburn Brock Glenn. Um, I don't think that plays as big of a factor maybe as some other people do. I, I think, honestly, the biggest thing is the relationships. Um, and Auburn's done a fantastic job building that relationship here um, and making sure that they know or that he knows how big of a priority he is. Yeah, I mean, you've got people who had Auburn tattoos who went to the in-state rival so yeah even the naming doesn't uh doesn't it doesn't always mean everything um and i blanked on jeremiah cobb's name a second ago so you're all good um <laughs> yeah i mean i would i would think we, we were talking about this but with glenn i mean with the ohio state situation it, it's like it's like when georgia tries to get in on an offensive or a defensive lineman or a running back um it's like clemson at the wide receiver position when you've got these programs that have had so much success in recent years i mean a lot of people you know cj stroud could be the best quarterback in the country 
this season. It's been a long time since Ohio State had a bad one. Um, so that's definitely probably a little scary for Auburn, like you said. Probably not the best thing for for him to be officially visiting there. Yeah. Um, but as long as they keep things up, it, it definitely seems like yeah. they could be the leader for him. Yeah, and I think the big thing, too, is as of right now, he's still planning on making his commitment before Elite 11, which starts June 28th, I believe. So, okay. I mean, he won't – I mean, he's been talking with Ohio State beforehand, but not quite as serious as he will be now. So, if he keeps that same commitment timeline, like he still says he's planning to before Elite 11 um, – I mean, that bodes very well for Auburn. So he would be one of the guys, like we'll get to that later, but he would be one of the guys that you're looking at to pop decently soon in terms of he, guys he, Auburn's looking at. He'd be next. He'd be, he'd be the next one. Unless it would be a kid that comes in an official next weekend and you know just says, I love it here. I'm going to commit on the spot. In terms of known timelines, he's next. Okay, gotcha. We'll get into that at the end. We'll get, we'll get Christian's rundown of – what he thinks. Um, another player talking about power programs, obviously Georgia, um, one of Auburn's biggest recruiting rivals and is, has a lot of momentum right now because of their national title. Um, a guy that they have been on at, a, at another important position is Bo Hewley, four-star offensive tackle. Of course, both of those words, you know, back to back with each other is Auburn fans love to hear that. Um, Auburn wasn't able to get it's a couple of years ago. Broderick Jones was a guy that was five-star offensive tackle that they thought they were going to be able to pull away. Um, from Georgia, but the Bo Hewley thing seems like Auburn just keeps reeling him back in and keeps keeps things interesting in terms of he he is committed to Georgia. But I'm interested today. You you talked to him today. What are what's his stance on his Georgia commitment? Because you know some guys they're committed, but they're a little more loose. Some guys pl- you know pledge absolutely that they are committed. They're not going anywhere. They're just taking visits. What is kind of your read on that situation right now for another guy that again very very important position for this upcoming class. Yes, this is a really super interesting recruitment, to be honest, because maybe a couple months ago you were thinking Ooh, Auburn's getting Auburn's getting really, really close um, to landing a flip here. But then all of a sudden it really things started to tumble a little bit. Um, and it was like, OK, he's pretty well locked into Georgia. Then all of a sudden you get him locked in for an official visit to Auburn. It's like, OK, you know, can they move the needle this weekend? His response was absolutely. I asked him, did Auburn move the needle? He said, yes, Auburn moved the needle. They really gave me something to think about this weekend. Um, Bo was the one I was maybe a little skeptical of this weekend. I thought, you know, maybe he's coming down for a good good time, you know, just have a visit. You know, official visits are fun. Maybe he's just doing that just to hang out, hang out with his teammates. He was one of the four Langston Hughes guys here. Um, that was not the case. He left very, very impressed with Auburn, um, and he left with plans to potentially return as soon as next weekend. Um he was thinking he doesn't have anything planned visit-wise next weekend, um, so he might just be back next weekend. And he's also planning, as of right now, to come back for Big Cat weekend um, at the end of July. So Auburn's put in in the work here. He did still say, you know, he feels good about Georgia. He'll officially visit Georgia during the season, um, and this is this is not going to be one that's going to be ending anytime soon. Um, from people that I've talked to, and from Bo himself, he said we're not probably going to know the final decision until signing day. So this is one that we're going to be following for the next six, five, six months here. Um, we won't know, but Auburn's going to keep putting the pressure on Brian Harson specifically. Um, he said Harson is basically the guy he has the best relationship with. Um, and Harson spent a lot of time with Bo, spent a lot of time with Bo's parents who were also in town um, and made sure to make Bo know that he feels like a priority. Um, and, you know, it, it, it went very, very well for Bo. It was surprisingly good for Bo Healy this weekend in terms of Auburn's chances. You want to make Bo know. 
Yeah, I remember you telling me that a couple days ago that that Harson was seemed like the lead guy for him. If that tells you anything um, about the importance of of his recruitment, yeah, I think some Auburn fans will say, "Great, keep this going. Try to battle Georgia for as long as possible. Try to get him flipped." Some others are saying, "Oh, geez, got to deal with this for another <laughs> uh, for another half a year, only to see what might what might happen at the end." But uh, yeah, that's another one. Those, I mean, if you're talking about the future of the offense, right there in the 23 class, you can get Brock Glenn, you can get Jeremiah Cobb. You can get Bo Hewley. You're absolutely in a good spot um, moving forward in that class. Another, talking about Langston Hughes, that's that's something Auburn's been been ticking away at recently, um, trying to get something developed there. Um, obviously, a lot of talent. Another name that had a bit of an interesting twist um, today was Jelani Thurman, who has a good relationship with Terrence Love. We talked about Auburn's 23 class. Only two commitments at the moment. One of them is the four-star safety, Terrence Love. That seems to be paying off for Auburn at the moment. Also, some other interesting things that Jelani Thurman had to say, four-star tight end in the 2023 class. He was probably the other biggest name th- this weekend, correct? I would probably say so, yeah. I mean, he in the 24-7 rankings, he's a top 100 guy. Uh, I think he's the number three overall tight end. So very talented guy, similar to kind of like a Landon King, um, but I've been told he's a little bit more advanced in his blocking probably at this stage. So kind of a hybrid player a little bit, but... Very talented, Christian. You have a. Do you have any response to being called Mister Personality? Uh, I do not have any response I to that. I I choose. That's not. The, I choose to not see that as sarcasm. Christian is absolutely Mister Personality. We're glad to have him on here. So, uh, Christian, last thing I wanted to get to talking about this weekend. Um, what are you looking at for the next week? I guess the guys coming within the next few days, whether it's going to be something um, at the end of next weekend. And then since we haven't talked about it here on the podcast, you had it last week, um, but Big Cat is back. That's something that's a few weeks off um, from from now, but that's a huge recruiting weekend, not only for Auburn football and Auburn basketball, just kind of how did that go about um, um, getting on the books for this year? Because again, huge recruiting event for them um, every single, they try to get it going every single July. Yeah, so Big Cat set for July 30th. so they're kind of right after the dead period ends, and it's going to be huge. I mean, last year, Big Cat was, all things considered, pretty decent because they didn't start setting it up until like two weeks in advance. I mean, this year they've already had it in the works for quite a while. Um, all these kids that are coming in on officials last weekend, this weekend, um, they're getting invited back to Big Cat, um, and most of them are saying they're planning to come back. So I think Big Cat is going to be a lot better this year compared to last year. I think it's going to run a lot smoother. I know they're trying behind the scenes to run a couple things differently for Big Cat this year, so it's even better, um, and I think that's going to be huge. Um, looking ahead to next weekend, we touched on it a little bit. Jeremiah Cobb is going to be here. Um, you're looking at Lewis Carter, a linebacker. Um, I believe he's out of Florida, maybe Georgia. I need to double-check on that, but he's probably, you know, C.J. Allen was in this weekend. I think he's more of a Georgia lean, um, and, you know, you like Jaden Osbury a lot at linebacker, but you probably want a second, maybe even a third guy in this class. And I think that could be Lewis Carter. Um, you're also probably looking at Connor Liu, um, an offensive lineman coming in as well. Um, he's more of a center, but maybe could play some guard um, a little bit at the next level as well. So interesting there when you already have Braden Joyner committed, but Auburn's really just kind of trying to stack up a little bit there along the offensive line. Um, some other names to look out for are David Hobbs um, and Anthony James as well, some defensive linemen. Um, then camp-wise this week, you've got the offensive line, defensive line camp on Wednesday, the second one. Um, I think they also have a specialist camp that day as well, but 
less concerned about that because they already brought in the top two punters uh, for the last elite camp uh, for the class of 2024. And then you're also looking at the first of two seven-on-seven team camps on Thursday, I believe. Um, so we're kind of getting to the end of camp season now. Um, but so far, I think it's been really successful for Auburn. Um, some offers have gone out to kids that were already on Auburn's radar, uh, maybe a three- or four-star guy that Auburn was already pursuing but kind of wanted to see in person. They came to the camp, and they showed out. And then there have also been some other names that have kind of popped up um, throughout camps as well who have – either earned an offer or are approaching an offer or are definitely on Auburn's radar now. Um, Jason wrote about a guy. He wrote about him all the way back to last year at last year's camp, J.C. Hart uh, at the Lochapoca. Um, he shined at camp last year. He came back and shined at camp again this year. It was nuts. Yeah, he was really crazy good, fast. Really good, really fast. Um, doesn't have an Auburn offer yet, but I believe um, Auburn's talking to him about setting up an official visit, so that means Auburn's definitely at least serious there. Um, and you know, that's probably a name to monitor going forward. So we are getting towards the end of camps, but I think it's been really successful for Auburn. And it's certainly not been easy either. Like we were talking with some of the guys and, you know, they've got an elite camp. They've got 200, 300 plus kids coming in on Fridays. Then they've got, you know, eight official visitors coming in. They've got unofficial guys coming in that day as well. There's a lot of moving parts um, that have been happening at the athletic complex and at the stadium and whatnot. And all these different guys behind the scenes and everybody back, um, just kind of behind the curtain at Auburn has really done a fantastic job so far this month in terms of keeping the trains on the track and making things run smoothly. Yeah, and we'll see what kind of yield it gets. Obviously, like you're talking about, Brooklyn might be the next one. Um, but I think Auburn fans, you know, it, everything has kind of been set up with the parameters for this recruiting class right now. Everybody's doing the right things, but we'll just see what what kind of impact it actually has on the recruiting class. Yeah, camp is a lot of fun. It's 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 not something that I have um been at a ton i was at it the other day um it's always yeah like you said interesting to see the guys that have just not been as big of recruits but that have been on auburn's radar that want to go out there and shine and, and make a better impression of the coaching staff then you also see players like that quarterback who was like six foot one going into ninth grade and auburn high school <laughs> quarterback so you meet guys like that that maybe you'll have to look at um down the line christian there's a couple questions um here in the chat this is one that that you were talking about um just the other day as it pertains to james smith who is the number one defensive lineman in the state i believe and then jaquavius russaw um you were talking about this the other day are they a package deal in the 2023 class those are guys that auburn would love to have but i'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on on where they stand with auburn yeah so right now the last um last thing we kind of heard is that there's about a 70 75 chance they're a package deal in all honesty um if i'm just guessing. I think they're a package deal. Um, Auburn is getting both of those guys in for an official on the weekend of June 24th. Jason Good. reported that. So that's really big um, that they get them in for an official. But I mean, this is going to be a battle. Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, every big name school you could possibly think of wants these kids. Um, they're from just down the road. Uh, they work at Madhouse, um, kind of over in Montgomery. So Auburn's pushing really hard. Um, I think Auburn would maybe be in a little bit of a better spot if they weren't a package deal, simply because I think they've positioned themselves well with Quay Rusa, um, but not quite as well yet with James Smith. But, you know, things can change with an official visit weekend. Um, I really didn't think Auburn stood in a great spot necessarily for Bo Healy um, like 12 hours ago. And yeah. now you ask me, and I think they stand in a much better spot. So we'll kind of have to wait and see until after they're official. But as of right now, I'd probably predict them to be a package deal i want to get this one on here too the old bunker i don't know what i don't know what yates are are, are all oh utes utes ah okay 
Okay. I don't know. Is that a northern thing? I don't know what that means. I think he meant to say youths, maybe. Youths. Okay. Oh, I see now. I was like, yeah, I hope I didn't put some sort of like naughty word on screen accidentally. Um, okay, <laughs> we got a couple ones here, um, Christian, and then we'll and then we'll get out of here. Um, from Carrie Yang, who I hope is still on here. Um, he just says, How do you feel about Jeffrey Embaugh? Yeah. Just talking uh, about Jeffrey Embaugh. I, I like Jeffrey Embaugh a lot, and I think that it's really important that he gets healthy for this season. Um, because that defensive line depth wasn't good. And now it seems like with with him and Marquise Robinson, it, it might actually be decent. Yeah, him, Marquise Robinson, Jason Jones, Marquise Burks. I mean, you're feeling pretty solid about that defensive line um, depth that you've gotten, the starters that you have there as well, obviously, too. Um, I don't know how much Jeffrey Emba plays this year because he is going to be yeah. behind Colby Wooden. He is going to be behind Marcus Harris, but he's certainly going to be a guy that works his way into that rotation in some aspect. And he's, you guys all know it, he's a massive human being. He'll find a way to find, to get on the field. Uh, and make some plays. So I like him a lot. I don't know if he's a major impact player immediately this year, but I don't think that's because of his talent. I think that's just because he'll have to wait his turn just a little yep. bit. We were talking to Harson in goodness, which stop was this? It was Columbus. Um, it was just me and like like one other guy there and asked him specifically about um, Jeffrey Umbaugh after we had gotten done talking about Morris Joseph, the D-line transfer um, from Memphis. And Harson said that it he he had no of of all the players that were injured and out for the spring. He said it, it didn't burn up anybody as much as it burned up um, Jeffrey Umbaugh. He said sometimes he would even get like too close to the action, not in pads or anything. And they would have to be like, all right, dude, you, you can't actually participate. Um, so that's always good to hear from a defensive guy. He'll be itching to go um, talk about Owen Papo, Jarquez Hunter, all those kinds of guys. And Zach Calzada, of course, is the big one. Interested to see what that looks like when they all come. Um, back for fall camp another one here from michael um this is i guess a question a little bit more for you christian it says how are we going to finish up in the transfer portal um going into the fall and then from charlie any more offensive so those kind of go together any more offensive linemen um in the transfer portal what are your thoughts on that because it seems like they could be in a position to be done at this point harson said he wanted the entire roster done by the end of may and now we're in the second week of june at the same time offensive line probably wouldn't be the worst thing for this team yeah, I think they're pretty well wrapped up in the transfer portal at this point. I think maybe if a surprise name pops up um, and, you know, if they feel like they're able to get a waiver to get him to play immediately, um, maybe you go after him. But at this point, you know everybody that's in the portal for the most part. Um, you know where your roster stands. You filled the hole at wide receiver. You get uh, Desalen Worsham. You get Coin Moore from LSU. You get those guys. So you feel good there. You get a safety in Craig McDonald. Um, you talked about Morris Joseph. So you get some guys through the portal to fill some of those holes. Um, I know people want offensive line. Once everybody kind of came back for the most part and decided they were going to come back, that was basically the transfers you were getting because you bring back so many guys with so many combined starts. It's nearly impossible to bring in guys to the transfer portal um, just because, you know, these guys, they're not – stud offensive linemen that are coming back but they're experienced enough to the point where if a transfer is coming in why would you come here and fight a guy like an austin troxel or a nick Brahms who's been starting for several years at auburn when you know you could go somewhere else and you could be almost guaranteed a starting position so it was kind of a tough spot for auburn in the sense that everybody decided to come back so you couldn't attack the transfer portal but also everybody did come back so you kind of keep that chemistry and you keep some of those same guys and hope that you're able to develop them and improve along the offensive line as well 
yeah, then you might actually have your quarterback be alive this season, which is going to be important for them. There's a couple here that are pretty similar. Um, this is, this, I guess this is just turning into a little Q and a, that's fine. Um, okay. Which, uh, which wide receiver will have the most impact? Um, and then also we have a question. What do you think about the wide receivers in the portal? So you just talked about Zaylin Worsham from Miami didn't play a snap. Well, actually he did play one snap, one singular snap in two seasons. It was against Florida state. Um, but he didn't record any stats in two years at Miami. One of the best receivers actually in Alabama high school history. I think he's like seventh all time in receptions from Hewitt Trustville. Um, so a productive player, but he had two separate hit procedures from his senior year of high school to now. I think he had one um, his the end of his freshman year at Miami as well. So that, that kind of stunted his progression um, a little bit. And then you talked about Coy Moore from LSU is their most recent addition. I think you and I are on the same page that if Coy Moore, if they can get him into kind of being a shifty playmaker in space, um, which Javarius Johnson is that, Tarvarish Dawson, they want him to be that. Uh, but if you can get another guy like that to, to be able to make those plays kind of shallow in space, I like Coy Moore a lot. I think Dezayla Worsham is maybe on the opposite end of you're just kind of seeing how he progresses. You're just adding depth. Whereas Coy Moore probably could come in and be in the top four or five of this rotation immediately. Yeah, I think Coy Moore steps in and starts or is at least in that very top rotation um, right away. He was actually... Um, leaving the complex today with uh, Zach Calzada. Those two are working together for a couple hours today. We saw Zach and Coy walk in and then both walked out a couple hours later. Um, so they've been getting a lot of work in together. And I think Coy Moore is in a fantastic spot. You kind of hit on it. Dezalen Worsham is a little bit of a question mark um, just because of those injuries. He was, from everything that I've heard, having a really solid spring down at Miami, but decides to transfer, head a little closer to home at Auburn. So, you know, he's kind of a guy where. You were thin in the wide receiver room, so you're willing to take him. And, you know, it could honestly work out really well. He could end up being really good or worst case scenario, you get some depth in that room that you desperately needed. Um, and then I think you got to touch on the two freshmen um, that just enrolled a couple weeks ago as well. You know, Camden Brown comes in from St. Thomas Aquinas and Omari Kelly, um, another Hewitt Trustville wide receiver comes in. So you get a nice little boost of four more guys um, at the wide receiver room now. Um, I think extremely highly of Camden Brown. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he sees the field in year one. He's kind of that big physical body. You know, Xavion Capers is a big body. I don't know how physical he is necessarily. Camden Brown is a big physical body um, that can go out there and win some jump balls. Yeah. So Camden Brown looks like Seth Williams. When he's, yeah, when he's he on does. Um, so you like him a lot. And Omari Kelly, too. Um, I've heard really good things about him so far as well. So. I think you feel pretty good about the four guys that you just brought in in the receiver room. Yeah, and if if a Shed Jackson, if a Javarius Johnson, if a if a Malcolm Johnson Jr., if all those guys take the presumed expected, it's the next year step forward. Heck, if a guy like Shedrick Jackson just kind of keeps up his momentum from last year because the last four games of the season, um, he had two hundred yard games there, and he had the bulk of his yards were in the final few games um, of the season. I think, like you said, there's a lot of talent in this receivers room. It's pretty much a, a, a duplicate of what we had last year, maybe without a guy like a Kobe Hudson, but you know, there's all that talent. It's just, how are they going to go out there on the field? How are they going to develop chemistry with whomever the quarterback is? Um, speaking of quarterback question here from Scott says, he's hearing from an Auburn player that Ashford is the best QB and is better than Zach Calzada. What say us? I think those two guys for, different reasons exited spring with the most buzz 
which is funny because that Calzada didn't even participate in the spring. Um, Ashford, of course, won MVP. That was, you know, anytime you're able to kind of have a parting shot when things are over, people are going to, it's going to be a lasting impact when people go into the off season. And now you have Zach Calzada, all the videos being posted, everyone talking about how great his arm looks and he is a really good looking quarterback. Um, I don't know who I've, I mean, I'm not going to make a prediction on the quarterback battle at still, you know, many months out, but I think those are probably the two guys that have made the most noise despite TJ Finley having experience. I think Auburn wanted him not, they weren't disappointed, but I I, I think maybe they wanted him to be a little bit more assertive and, and take a little bit bigger of a step forward in the spring. And now because he didn't, that opens the door for these guys. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I don't know if Ashford is better than Calzada right now, but I do think he has all the tools to be able to compete in that battle because he's the only guy um, that kind of has that dual threat ability. Whereas Calzada, he's your more polished. He's your pocket passer. He's the pro style quarterback that we've seen Harson and, and Eric Kusoff for, for that matter, have success with at their, at their past schools. Yeah. So I would agree with really everything that you just said, um, to be honest, I think Zach Calzada is maybe a little more polished right now. Um, and he is a guy that, you know, he was described to both of us by a source as kind of being a little Brett Favre-ish just because of really strong arm. He'll kind of make some crazy plays based off of his arm. Um, and I would probably favor him as the starting quarterback right now just from everything that we've heard. Um, but, you know, Robbie Ashford just brings a different element to the game. And if Auburn's offensive line is not improved or a little bit better, you might need that different element to come in because Zach Calzada is not slow. He's not unathletic but he's nowhere near what Robbie Ashford brings um, so I certainly think Ashford is really talented in some different ways compared to Zach Calzada um, and he certainly brings a different aspect as well and I mean I think you had it in a VIP buzz a couple weeks ago even if Robbie Ashford is not the starter he will see the field I can promise you that this is not going to be a situation this is not going to be a D Davis situation where it's like okay you know he'll probably have a package eventually and it never happened Robbie Ashford will have packages not just in Mercer, not just in San Jose State. If Robbie Ashford's not the starter, he will still see the field um, in certain games down the line. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Can't unmute myself, apparently. Yeah, that was something that was talked about as early as the spring. Like, even TJ Finley after the spring game, I don't know exactly what context he was talking about it in, but, you know, talking about Ashford's athleticism because, of course, he was the subject of that spring game, of the A-Day game being the offensive MVP. TJ said 
yeah, you know, he's going to be able to help us in a lot of different ways. And I don't, like you said, I don't think he was discussing him being starting quarterback because TJ, of course, wants to be the starting quarterback. He wants, he's talking about him being a fourth down player, being a, you know, maybe a gadget play, wildcat, down toward the goal line type of player. Yeah. And that's, we've heard that over and over again. So, like you said, I don't, I don't think they're in a situation where that's going to be something that kind of just goes up in smoke when the season starts. I will say, though, that ahead of the bowl game against Houston, I think you were probably hearing the same, that it was seemed pretty clear that D Davis was going to have a package in that game as well. Now, I think TJ Finley had too many good passes in a row, even if he didn't have a great game where it just didn't seem logical to pull him at that point. It was kind of like a like a worst case scenario where he didn't have a great game, but it was just good enough to to keep them from doing that. Um, but with Mercer and with San Jose State, they've got a great opportunity um, to be able to work these quarterbacks in. Although San Jose State might present a little bit more of a challenge than Mercer, but definitely you've got those two couple games um, before Penn State. We'll do a couple more here. Let me make sure I don't miss anybody. Um, appreciate everybody hopping in. This is actually one of our better, uh, more successful live streams that we've had in a while. We've got questions from Facebook and from uh, from the YouTube live stream. If you guys aren't subscribed um, already, please do that on YouTube. We actually just hit 3,000. I think I told somebody the other day we were just under 3,000. We just hit 3,000 subscribers um, on YouTube. My goal is 5,000 before the season starts. So maybe we'll be able to hit that. And so appreciate everybody jumping in today. Um, one here, this is related to the transfer portal. Charlie asked, does a linebacker room have enough depth? I think they would have already probably gone that route. Um, obviously, Eugene Asante was a big pickup for them. Um, well, big. He had a little bit of experience there. North Carolina, but we had just talked about that a little bit, Christian, with the transfer portal. I, d- I don't see linebacker as being a big priority here um, before preseason camp. No, I think you're good. You've got Owen Papo as the number one guy. Brendan Eugene Asante. You still have Wesley Steiner. You have Cam Riley, Desmond Tisdall. Um, Robert Woodyard looks fantastic in person. Um, I was maybe underrating him a little bit. Um, I don't know why. He's a guy that slipped from Alabama. Um, very highly rated guy as well. I just kind of forgot about him a little bit, but seeing him in person this week, he looks fantastic. Um, you have Joko Willis, who's kind of working in linebacker and edge as well now. So I think you're fine at linebacker. Speaking of which, Ferg asks, what do y'all think about Joko Willis moving to edge? Yeah, it's not something that's been talked about a bunch. Um, it is the it is officially the uh, position group picture time of year. I remember like it happened two separate times with Devin Barrett. Where he was like, no, he's taking he's taking pictures with the receivers. No, he's taking pictures with the cornerbacks now. But Joko Willis was with the uh, with the edge group. I think Jason pointed that out mm-hmm. um, on Twitter. Yeah, I mean Joko Willis. Look, that's you. That's exactly what you wanted from him last season, where it was like three or four big plays on special teams, and then I mean he only played a few snaps a game on defense. So there wasn't really much of an opportunity there. But a really really athletic player within that defense. And look, if they don't think that he's going to be able to contribute as much back there in a, in a more, you know, prototypical linebacker spot. It does make sense. I do wonder what that means for, you know, Cam Riley. This is somebody we've been talking about for like three seasons now. That's having the body type to go to edge. Um, Jeff Schmetting even like teased at it um, last season and then never really got around to it. So I am wondering what that's going to look like. But, I mean, you talked about it with a, there only being three scholarship guys. They have to figure something out because – converted walk-on tight end Hayden Bryce was there was their number four um in spring practice like no joke he was he was the guy who was going to be playing snaps and so if you don't go out there and get an edge guy in the transfer portal which they did not do um then you've got to figure something out and I think Joko Willis is has a good opportunity to contribute there he's got definitely a lot of athleticism 
Yeah, you had to find somebody, and it was probably going to be either Joko or Cam Riley, and you go with Joko. Um, he brings fantastic speed off the edge. I'll always remember that play against LSU where he just destroyed the player. Um, I think it was on the kick return. Maybe it was a punt mm-hmm. return, but special teams, whatever. He's got great speed. Um, Lee, he's got great speed. Um, I think he can be a guy because you're not counting on him. I mean, he really is the fourth guy. You're only counting on him to get maybe a few snaps coming off the edge each game. He can do that pretty well with his speed I and mean, his athleticism. So I think it's a pretty solid choice, solid spot for him to see the field this year. Uh, I've liked Joko Willis really since they signed him. So I think that was probably a good choice. But like you said, kind of curious what happens with Cam Riley now. Yeah, I'd love to see Cam Riley just contribute at the straight linebacker spot. But it, it does seem like Wesley Steiner is sort of that number two um, behind Owen Papo. Uh, maybe it makes more sense to leave Riley there because of how important that spot is too. I mean, I know edge is important um, as well, but especially if Owen Papo isn't hundred percent start the season, you, you need those guys to be good. I, that's something that's probably not being talked about as much as that linebacker spot for Auburn. seems like it's in a decent spot, but, but nobody besides Owen Papo has really proved anything. Um, and so maybe this gives Cam Riley an opportunity to focus more um, on that position. Uh, Christian, we got asked if Auburn will beat Mercer. Uh, yes. Um, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are. On that, you know, Mercer actually is interesting because they return, I think I, they return their starting quarterback, their starting running back, two of their top three receivers, and four of their five offensive linemen from the, I think it was the number two scoring offense in the Southern Conference. So that'll be a nice little test, actually, I think, for the defense. I don't think the offense will have a lot of problems going against a Mercer defense. Like Tank Bigsby could probably go for 200 if he wanted to, um, but I will say one thing. You cannot get yourself into a Georgia State situation with either of these two teams before Penn State. This five-game stretch to start is way too important. Um, And you were talking about the conversation we had with somebody a couple weeks ago, Christian. Um, San Jose State has a nice little defensive line, has some experience on offense. person we were talking to said, you can't mess around with them. You got to play your A game, and you got to make sure you go in there and execute because that will turn into Georgia State. Which was which was not a good look for Auburn last season, and so yeah, I mean, I think obviously both of those games should be should be pretty decisive victories, but I don't think you can afford to have a shaky performance before Penn State comes to town, just because of how important. Like you, you have to go four and one or better during that stretch, or else the rest of the season looks really rocky. Yeah, you want to feel really good momentum wise, and you also want to put on a show a little bit. Um, jumping back to recruiting, I mean. A lot of these guys are saying, you know, I really like Auburn. I really like talking with the coaches, but I want to see it on the field. So you got to make an impact there and you got to start the season strong. I think if Auburn does start the season strong, four and one, five and oh, this recruiting class could take off. Like right then and there, you could start getting some guys on board. So can't afford to can't afford to be caught sleeping those first two games. Yeah, that's I mean, it's really important when you're you've got a coaching staff that's going this early. I mean, you they they didn't have the big splash last year in the recruiting class, but they have an opportunity to redeem themselves here. And it's like we were talking about earlier. They've, they've had so much success setting things up and getting visits and getting guys on campus and making things improved. Everyone would tell you, and you talked about it earlier, everyone would tell you that things are improved overall in the recruiting front from last year. Now it's just about getting those guys. And so much of that is dependent on what they do on the field this season. We'll take one more and then we will hop off here. Um, Charlie says, name your projected starting offensive line. For this season. I, so I guess the only question mark is whether you think Alec Jackson or Austin Troxel wins 
right tackle. Am I? Am I? I mean, I think I'm correct in that, right? I, uh, I you could toss. Up. You could toss maybe left guard in there if you think Cam Stutz made a big enough jump to jump over an injured Brandon Council. Maybe, um, yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, we would both agree it's Killian Zaire at left tackle, Nick Brahms center, Keandre Jones right guard. I would personally predict uh, Austin Troxel probably right tackle, and then probably still Brandon Council at left guard. But I actually have been hearing some pretty good things about Cam Stutz and. He was the guy really for all of spring just because he was forced to and seems to have paid off a little bit. So I would still lean Brandon Council, but maybe that one's a little bit of a toss up. Yeah, I think, I mean, Council has so much versatility um, and so much experience whenever he is healthy. It's just a matter of um, how, you know, whether he's 100% once fall camp starts, which Brian Harson said seems like it's going to be the case. Everybody he thinks is going to be a full go um, for the start of fall. And that's really important for that offensive line at the same time. What we heard about throughout spring practice was, and again, this is silver lining. This is this is looking at it with the glass half full, which is what you have to do. Um, like you said with Cam Stutz, all those guys got reps. So all of those guys are so much more comfortable working with that offense and, and getting experience there, working with the coaches and working with their teammates on the offensive side of the ball that a guy like Cam Stutz was able to get that confidence. And yeah, I mean, he's probably been one of the two or three most talked about offensive linemen, probably one or two. I mean, he might have been the most talked about offensive lineman from that group, maybe other than Killian Zire, because he did such a good job cementing himself. So yeah, you've probably got that that battle. That one probably is a little bit more of an edge for Council. But on the right side, Alec Jackson and Austin Troxel, they're pretty similar. Been working pretty much everywhere throughout their Auburn careers. Um, both have started at left tackle before, and, and I don't I don't th- I don't know if Alec has ever started a game at right tackle, but Troxel has definitely had pl- plenty of experience there at right tackle as well. But yeah, I'd go with I'd probably say Troxel um as well but for him it's about staying healthy um and making sure his knees are working well and so that'll be something to watch in fall camp as that quarterback position you know obviously continues to churn and they try to name a guy there got to make sure the offensive line is going strong um as well one more under the buzzer carrie yang just said do y'all like jay fair i think we both like jay fair Ooh, yeah. a lot i yeah. love jay fair he's yeah, a guy big who... jay fair guy punt return this season you can book it i don't know if he'll be the guy but i think he'll get some chances there. yeah He's a guy who has a lot of speed, um, comes in at like 5'10", 5'11", but he will win you some jump balls despite yeah. his smaller size. Yeah, that's, I think that's somebody I whiffed on earlier talking about with the receivers. But yeah, he's got an opportunity to contribute. Um, you know, and Camden Brown and Mario Kelly are great, but there's something yeah. to be said for having already been here yeah. in the spring and already worked with the offense. Um, and he's probably one of the better, uh, one of the more comfortable players in terms of when we saw him in scrimmages. He was always just kind of letting loose and hanging out. So that was... That was that was good to see. It seems like he's already comfortable within the offense. And so um, that'll do it for us, guys. We were only planning on going like 20 minutes with recruiting. But here we are at 42 minutes talking with you guys, just all things um, Auburn football. So we really appreciate that. That's that's awesome. Um, This is something we want to continue to do. Want to continue to grow the YouTube page. And of course, to all of our uh, viewers on Facebook. That's great as well. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, This was a lot of fun. We're going to continue doing this. Um, Christian has done a great job so far with recruiting. It's been awesome to see him sort of take off and do really well here at the start of June. And so we're going to continue to bring you guys all kinds of recruiting coverage. Go watch the baseball game. I don't know how much time we got. 16 minutes. Uh, yep. Somebody said, talk about Auburn baseball. The only reason I didn't do that is because we don't, I'm sorry. I not, I, I, I can't tell you that much. We watched the game last night. Um, but I, if you want someone to talk about Auburn baseball, talk to is, Jason Caldwell. You are not going to find anyone better in Auburn to talk about baseball and Jason. There's no use looking anywhere else. And y'all know that Jason's been on this show a million times. Um, we had the preview 
for the series two days ago, and he's going to be on here talking about it. Maybe, maybe tomorrow if they clinch it, he'll be on here tomorrow. Um, but if they don't, it'll obviously be um, the next day. And so, um, yeah, I don't, neither of us have super detailed knowledge of the baseball team. But there's one thing that we'll say is that Butch Thompson knows how to coach in the postseason because what he does with different types of Auburn baseball teams, it's it's crazy how much he can get out of these teams. And so one went away from Omaha, um, but Jerpy is back if you guys haven't seen. Um, yeah, it's kind of ace against ace. I was just going to say it's ace against ace tonight a little bit. Yes, I mean, Auburn's Gonzalez. best pitcher has really been Joseph Gonzalez. So you want – I mean, obviously you want to close it out tonight, uh, but you also really want to get a long outing out of Joseph Gonzalez too because he did have to go to the bullpen early yesterday. Um, so if yeah. we were to go to a game three, you want to get a good outing out of – gonzalez today yeah if, if you guys like pitching duels this is going to be this is going to be a really good one um jerpy one of the better ones in the country missed yesterday because of an undisclosed illness which we all were like oh it's covid apparently not i guess i guess that's not what it is if he's if he's right back the next day um and then gonzalez obviously was a great was a great pitcher for auburn throughout the season um so there you go there's some baseball talk boom we did that for like two minutes you guys underestimated us um <laughs> yeah guys thank you so much for for watching today um the podcast listeners, thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review. Um, that's the best thing that helps us out. And to everybody watching and listening right now, there is still one day to go. Hopefully, when you listen to this, there's still time. You guys can get 60% off an Auburn Undercover subscription. So a lot of stuff we talked about, there was a little bit more information kind of on the bone for, for VIP subscribers at AuburnUndercover.com. I'm sure most of you guys are, um, but if you're not, this is the best time to take advantage of it. I always tell people, um, you know, who, who know what I do and, you know, follow my work and stuff like that. Um, I always tell people, you know, wait until there's a, you know, there's, there's one of these deals because we run them like, you know, once a month or once every two months, there's always really good deals going on at 24 seven. And I think 60% off, I don't think we do bigger than that. We, we do 60% a few times throughout the year. Um, and I don't think we do a, a larger discount. I think it's $42 for the entire year. So that's really good. You guys have access to Christian stuff, my stuff, Jason stuff, Mark stuff, Duke stuff and Philip stuff. So tons of content for you guys so be sure to go check that out you guys can find the uh, the link to the um subscription deal on our front page auburnundercover.com so that's it i'll finally wrap it up thank you guys so much for watching thanks for tuning in thanks for christian uh for coming and we will talk to you guys soon everybody enjoy the game tonight and have a good rest of the weekend